quotes of life, one of my rules of life, Bill, is that, um, you know, if close your eyes and imagine how stupid the average person is. Yep. Now, and by definition, it. half of them are dumber than that. But you know what? Sometimes you turn on the radio and out comes a song you don't recognize. So screw that. Why not crank up episode number 95 of the Promo Upfront podcast instead? I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petru. With me as always, let's call him the taskmaster of Twitter, the one and only Kirby Hossam. And Kirby, how are you today? I'm doing all right, man. I, I uh, It's been a you know a crazy month or so. And um, you know, it's funny, sales go up and down this month's been a little down. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it, it's given us a chance to kind of relook at things and, and recommit. And so yeah. in that way, I'm doing well. How about you, bud? Good. Doing great. Doing great. And, you know, like, you know, cycles, things are, you know, look, this is a difficult industry, Kirby. <laughs> no one said the promo, pro, no one said the promotional products business was easy. And because it's hard, because you know, so many aspects of running a business demands your time, right? It's prospecting, it's marketing, it's creating presentations, um, it's it's collecting on invoices, things yeah. like that. Maybe even managing a staff. You got a staff demands. All these things demand so much time. But Kirby, what if I told you there was a supplier and a well-known supplier at that that was able to do something no other supplier can do? Give you some time back. Would that interest you, Kirby? I am very intrigued. Tell me more. Kirby, thank you so much for asking that question that was not pre-planned. Well, then you need to look no further than our good pals over at Evans, Kirby. That's right. They're passionately focused on creating a buying experience that is frictionless, effortless, and frankly, easy. And it's going to give you some of that time back. They really know how precious your time is as a hardworking distributor. And that's why they looked at every single aspect of order processing. So you, Mr. Distributor, and Mrs. Distributor, can be secure in the knowledge that they got your back. Evan's got your back with every order you place. And I know you're a huge fan, not only of always getting some time back because you are a busy, busy human, but also of our good pals over at Evan's Manufacturing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I what you what you're saying really speaks to me about the idea of getting rid of friction in the business because I think especially it's always been true but certainly over the last 2 years is that, you know, friction is a big part of our life and so with a diverse product line, a quality product line, and if you can get the product and it they make it easy, then it's really hard to go wrong with Evans. Uh, Kirby, I couldn't have said it better myself, but let me add a few things that other distributors have actually said. This is great cool. feedback. These are from actual distributors, just like you, dear listener, uh, that have said when sharing their Evans experience, Evans is great with communication, with, which makes it easy to keep your clients in the loop. I love mm. that. Yep. You cannot over-communicate in our industry, and Evans does a great job. The ease of ordering, receiving, and everything in between was seamless. And my favorite one, Kirby, great team who works to get things done right the first time. So now that is, I don't know about you, that is some amazing feedback from actual distributors. So next time you're looking for a supplier that's going to give you time to focus on the other aspects of your business, look no further than our good pals over at Evans. Visit them at evans-mfg.com. 
not going to be sorry you did. Evans, products for better living. Thank you for your sponsorship, Evans. We are happy to have you on board. You know what else I'm happy about, Kirby, is that it is time for the upfront section of the podcast. You're going to give us a great topic to lead us off. And you know what? We don't know what it's going to be. Kirby, lay it on us. Okay. Well, I had a a couple different ideas, but I think where I'm going to land is, you know, we have said many times, and you are usually the person who says it, that we would be tone deaf if we didn't bring up a specific topic. And to me, the the tone deaf topic of the week is uh, Twitter. Uh, Elon Musk uh, has uh, made the move to buy Twitter. Take uh, the thing that I find interesting is that you know it was a they took it public. He's going to bring it back private. That's not something yep. that happens all the time. Nope. Um, and. So it's been sort of talked to death, but I'm kind of curious from, you know, marketing and branding, which is what we sort of do. I'm curious to know what you think about whether or not him purchasing Twitter is going to be good. Like it's he's going to make all these changes and it's going to be good for it. Is it going to be bad? Like it's like he's is he going to make changes that make it worse, or is it kind of like a meh? Who cares? I don't think it's going to make a big deal. So I'm kind of curious your take on that. All the three, okay. <laughs> really. I, I here's. I think it depends who you are. Uh, yeah. If it's good or bad, right? Or, or right. meh. To me, I, I think. Look, very rarely, like you said, does someone have the financial juice to take a large entity like that that was private went public back to private. That takes a lot of, of financial wherewithal. That crazy. Uh, yeah. Something I can't even comprehend, quite frankly. So, <clears throat> you know, now it's truly going to be his toy. And he can do with it what he wants. So from that perspective, it's a, I don't want to hear anybody complaining about it, to be honest mm. with you. It's now he owns it. His, it's his toy. It is not public domain. It is not all of ours. We don't own it. So it's his toy. So mm. I, but here, here's the, the, my uh, thought at the forefront. Okay. I think it's very dangerous when you have a platform where people use uh, use it as a free speech, as, as you know, getting their thoughts out, thoughts out there, and there's one person deciding what is free speech. Uh, I think there's a quote he said that that kind of just made me nervous. It's it's more of a, I think he said, and I, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, if it's a gray area of free speech, I would let it go, as opposed to what Twitter has been and a lot of the other social media platforms have been trying to do is curb hate speech, things that people, some people deem as um, uh, irresponsible and all that. So now we're back at the old, you know, yes, everybody has free speech, but you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. I think it's dangerous when you have one person deciding who that, what that is. And, and, and so honestly, I think this is ultimately going to kill Twitter. That's my opinion. I think okay. it will ultimately kill Twitter. If I, that was a long way of saying, I think it's going to ultimately kill Twitter. Not like it's not going to exist, but it's not going to have nearly the uh, the traction it does. Plus he's adding, I think he's going to kill most of the advertising on it and uh, make it a more of a subscription-based model. And you're really going to narrow your audience at that point. So it's going to become a very select audience that wants to hear very specific things. Mm. Yeah, and if that happens, that will be a challenge. I, so I'm going to take a different tact uh, for the purpose of this discussion. I think that this is one of those moments that um, I'm fascinated by what seems to be a sort of sudden 
interest in Elon Musk. Not that he hasn't been an interesting character for some time, but at least on my radar, like in the last six to 12 months, there's like a new story about him every day. Like, and this was pre him purchasing Twitter. So now it's even more. I'm fascinated by that. He's a rich guy. I don't see uh, articles about Bezos every day or Gates or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, So I'm a, I'm fascinated by that. That being said, what I think he has established is taking um, companies and making them extraordinarily profitable. Um, and I think that, um, you know, I have no reason to doubt he will do the same thing. I think it is a, an interesting idea that, you know, when you are incredibly wealthy, owning a media company is, mm-hmm. you, we are seeing that that's valuable to incredibly wealthy people, right? Bezos mm-hmm. bought the Washington Post. Um, so I'm, I think that this might be one of those opportunities where people who are like, you know what, I'm already doing okay on Twitter. I'm going to go all in. It might be, you know, one of those sort of not the ground floor cause it's been around for a while, but maybe an opportunity to jump in. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making that case for the purpose of this, but I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how it's going to go. If I'm honest. I, I think, I think, uh, unfortunately, I, I disagree with you. I just think, unfortunately, you know, whereas Twitter was kind of an open source playground where you heard views of all sides, right? Not that mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see hate speech and I don't want misinformation either, right? Right. But uh, there was, uh, you know, both sides, for lack of a better term, pretty fairly well represented on Twitter. Mm. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think, yeah. again, what we are becoming, if, if you look at the way the world has, has worked over the past, let's say, 30, 40 years, we no longer want objective news. We want news we want to hear. Mm. And we want to get it from sources that say the things that either we get mad about because we like getting mad about it, or they, they no tell shit. us things we want to hear. I think Twitter's going to go that way too. And, and again, Elon Musk's toy, he can do with it what he wants. Um, you know, I, 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 to me, again, Twitter's been one of those things. I think it's struggled financially for years and years and mm. years. So I, I, again, it'll exist, but I think it's going to kind of turn into, um, you know, kind of an afterthought. It's not going to be my space, but I think it's going to be more like Foursquare. Okay. All right. I like it. Okay. Cause I, cause honestly, right. Twitter has historically been the yeah. least engaging platform. I, I post there. I actually do try to get there on a daily basis to engage in comments and stuff like that. But if you look at the analytics of where traffic to websites come, where, you know, that sort of thing, it is by far the lowest on the, on my list. I'm sure that's but, not true of everybody. No, look, when there's a breaking news event, Twitter's where I go. I like mm. to get different views of everything. And, and that's where I go. I, I don't know. I'll probably continue doing that until I have a reason not to. So, yeah. you know, until there's changes made, meh. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Cool. All right, Kirby. This is kind of a, this might be a deeper conversation. So give me, give me a minute to, to, to preamble if you wouldn't mind. So I saw a uh, ad and fat or an ad, a, an article in fast company, which I know both of us read from time to time. Um, about the trend of simplicity in branding, which, mm. you know, given the fact that Evans is so focused on simplicity right now, it's very right. interesting we had this topic. So, you know, companies are increasingly simplifying their brands because obviously the world changes at such a rapid rate. They're looking for simple designs that give them flexibility to adapt across new platforms that appeal to new audiences um, and it allows them to pivot as chain, things change around them. So, 
consumers are increasingly, and we just talked about that, and this is a no BS conversation, we all want a simpler experience with companies we work with. So there was a study last year by Brand Agency, and they do this every year called Siegel and Gale. They rank the world's simplest brands that provide the cleanest and simplest brand experiences, okay? okay. So I'm just going to give you the top 10. That's not what we're going to deep dive in. But number 10, this is the United States, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, these globally, I'm sorry. These are top 10 brands globally for simple experiences. 10, Spotify. Okay. Uh, number nine is Uniqlo, which is a Japanese uh, uh, outerwear, sportswear retailer. Uh, Amazon, Samsung, number six is McDonald's, five Aldi. You, are you, Aldi is a mm-hmm. German supermarket yep. chain, yep, we have which here. is real interesting here in a minute. YouTube, uh, number, so number five was Aldi. Number three is Lidl, another German discount supermarket chain. Very interesting. Um, number two is Netflix and number one is Google. And here's why simplicity is important. So this is really what got my juices flowing on this topic. So uh, that was the table setting. Here's why simplicity is important. According to their survey, this is from Siegel and Gale, 57% of consumers are willing to pay more for a simple experience. Okay. 76% of consumers are more likely to recommend a brand because it provides simpler experiences and it communicates well. The world's simplest brands has beaten the global average stock index since 2009 by 1,600%. <laughs> And uh, the amount of money brands are leaving on the table when they don't simplify by their calculations, $402 billion annually. So we are seeing this trend of simplicity and we see it a lot in branding too. We see a lot in logos are getting flatter, a lot less shading, a lot less gradients, things like that, a lot less, you know, of that. I'm kind of throwing this at you. Again, we generally don't tell each other what the topics are. So I'm happy to start off here. But how do you, how does one running a business achieve simplicity? Mm. And I wrote down a few here. If you want me to go give you an opportunity to kind of half listen to me and, no, and write a few I'll, down, or do you no, want I'll to jump, go? I'll jump in. I, I, because I, oh. I really did have a couple of things that popped into my head. So I'll do that. And then if it, then you Excellent. can Please. correct me and, and, and then we can um, uh, keep the discussion going. So it's funny. Number one, the first thing that popped in my head was this does not, it, it, the first thing that popped in my head was before you told me the names, simplicity yeah. wins, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. So number one's Google. Right. Yep. It's the, 100%. the branding is simple. Yep. What you do there is, is really simple. So yep. the idea that that's number one didn't surprise me. Number two, I think it becomes, it is really hard to write things incredibly concisely. Like I, I heard a quote a long time ago that said like, you know, I'm going to write a 99 page memo. If, if you want it to be you know, shorter, you're going to give me a lot more time because I'm going to figure out what to cut out. Um, I think it takes a lot of intellect to be simple. And, but then the third thing that popped in my head was just from a branding perspective was what Donald Miller talks about. Donald Mm -hmm. Miller, the, the author of building your story brand, where he says that if you confuse, you lose. Yeah. And the idea that, you know, we are all busier than ever. And so, um, and to be honest, you know, when you're selling to the average customer, you know, one of my um, one of my quotes of life, one of my rules of life, Bill, is that, um, you know, if close your eyes and imagine how stupid the average person is. Yep. Now, by definition, <laughs> half of them are dumber than that, right? And so, if you are a brand where you are selling to mass folks, 
being simpler makes sense because you don't want to confuse folks. If you confuse, you lose. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things Donald talks about on your website is you, when someone lands on your website, you should, a caveman should be able to explain what you do. Yeah. And I think that there is incredible power in that. And it's really hard to do. So those are, those are my random thoughts. Yeah. hundred percent. Kirby simplicity, unfortunately, a lot of times is interchanged with the term easy and <laughs> nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. Achieving simplicity is one of the most difficult and complex things possible. It really is. It takes effort. It takes time. It takes purpose. It takes intention. Um, I have, I'm going to mirror what you said. So one of the things uh, I wrote down was reduce get rid of unnecessary complexity. One of the things we do in our industry, man, we love our acronyms and we assume everybody knows what those acronyms are. Those acronyms create complexity, create difficulty. Right. People don't, people made up you, we can sit here and say M M uh, M O Q and know that means minimum order quantity, right. <laughs> yeah. Or EQP and quantity pricing. Right. People don't know that. A lot of people don't understand those things. So get rid of those things. Um, the less your customer has to do, you actually always think about your customer. Right. That's... If you don't look at your experience, like your buying experience, the less your customer has to do, the easier it is. And that's a really great place to start. What does your customer have to do to buy from you? And yeah. the less they have to do, the better. The other one, two more I wrote down, uh, communicate. You cannot over-communicate. I said that earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in that. We um, assume a lot. And, oh, you know, we totally. all sit in our We all sit in our silos and we think, well, I know that. Of course they know that. Right. Don't assume they do. <clears throat> Subtract the obvi obvious stuff, but add the meaningful. So communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, and then I wrote down um, uh, trust. When you create trust with your audience, that is the biggest, uh, that is the biggest way to establish your authority to, or uh, to uh, make sure that they trust you. When, when trust is there, that breeds simplicity. Mm, okay. Because if I trust Kirby has the order, I don't have to worry about it. Mm. And maybe that's done through experiences or it's done through some of your marketing, but it's, you know, it's uh, internally, it's trusting your people to do right by the customer. Don't create a process where there's 15 different layers of approval. Mm. Again, think about it in terms of the customer, you know, tr re trust removes fear and complexity and anxiety. It just does. So trust your audience too. trust your audience with being transparent with them. Mm -hmm. Again, give them that information. So it breeds right into communication. So th those are the things I wrote down, Kirby. Well, and I tell you, it, it made me, I hope that, so trust and the idea of simplicity is something that I'm kind of living through right now. I, honestly, I'm not even yeah. sure you and I have talked about this, but um, I, my wife and I have decided to build a house. Um, I've never wanted to build a house. Like that's not something I ever aspired to do. So we're actually living in that process right now. I was, I was at the site before I came in to record this morning. And it's funny that you said it because that's what popped into my head is I really, really trust mm -hmm. our, our builder. Um, mm -hmm. And so you know, obviously there's a ton of choices that you have to make once you're going to decide to build a house. Mm -hmm. but, but I was, I went out there this morning and the builder, his name's John, was talking me through some stuff. And it occurred to me that someone asked me this past week, when will this, when, when's the house going to be done? Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know. Yeah. 
I haven't even asked because I, I trust John that, that he wants to get it done as much as I do. <laughs> and so he's right. going to keep me in the loop. And, and, and it's, that has decreased my anxiety exactly. in a really anxious project, right? I, like it's and, something and, that I can't control. And so right. I'm like, I trust him. And so yep. it'll be fine. And it really, it, that's what popped in my head when you said that. And because you trust him, it's a simpler process for you. Totally. Something that can be exquisitely painful oh, building yeah. a house, yeah. right? But because there's that layer of trust. So when you establish that trust externally with your client, yes, that's amazing. But then you also have to do it internally too. Trust the people in your organization to make decisions that are best for the organization and mm, best for the client. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. it's just uh, so much that wraps up. I just thought it was real interesting how everything is circular, uh, circular right? It, it all comes around, it comes in cycles and how we are really moving back towards trying to find in an increasingly complex world, trying to find experiences that are simple. And I'd also say that I'm also seeing that in the design world, which I'm excited about. Well, that's what I was talking about before. Yeah. 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 Everything's flatter now, less yeah. gradients, less, you know, weird things in I'm logos excited. and weird mascots. <laughs> Me too. Because yeah. that's something as, as an industry, we always have to fight through. You know, when people say, is this gradient going to look good embroidered? No, <laughs> it's not actually. I don't even have out, to see it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. But well, why not? But there's always someone willing to say yes to that. Yeah. No, that's cool. All right. You got another quick topic for us. I know we're yeah. running a little long. I knew that was going to be a deeper conversation. So no, it's fun. So, I, so I saw this this morning and I thought it was super interesting. Uh, new Burger King ad celebrates the fact that fans of Burger King can't name a menu item other than the Whopper. Okay. So they actually, I can, they, it, well, but they did a survey and 85% of customers, 85% of customers Good. failed to name more than one burger option. Okay. So the ad agency said, all right, let's celebrate yeah. that. And uh, so they created an ad around like literally showing people not being able to name one more product from Burger King other than the Whopper. Mm -hmm. And their idea is, I think it shows how, um, this is from, the uh, creative officer. I think it yeah. shows how amazingly strong the Whopper is as a product and brand. We decided to, at the study, as the glass is half full. So mm -hmm. what do you think of like them creating an ad campaign around the idea that their own customers can't tell you any other product than their one product? To me, I'm going to file this under you're a victim of your own branding success. Yeah. What is the tagline been for Burger King for ever since I was a kid? Home of the Whopper. Mm -hmm. So, you, so I, first of all, I think it's genius. I think it's great. You know, it, it's a very Dave Rendell and Stan Phelps pink mm. goldfish, right? Your weakness becomes your strength. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't read that book by uh, our good friend Stan Phelps and Dave Rendell, uh, pink goldfish is amazing. Um, it's about being flawsome, how you can turn your flaws into really strengths. And that's, so this is a flaw, right? People can't name any other burger option at Burger King other than the Whopper. I think it's genius. You kind of flip that on its, on its head a little bit and, and focus on that. But again, you know, I, now I think, so I think you do that now. And then now you got to, maybe after this campaign, <laughs> yeah. you got to figure out, okay, how do we get people to understand there's other things here because I, I was sitting here listening to you i can name one other menu item that's it 
mm-hmm. and just because I think it's the weirdest name for something in the world, the Chrisandwich. Mm-hmm. I know that they have a breakfast sandwich called the Chrisandwich. Don't know what's on it, but I know it's a crescent roll with stuff in it, yeah. making it a sandwich. So I think it's genius, actually, flipping it on said. What do you think about it? I, I agree. It's, I, I, this is one I, I wanted, as you were sitting there talking, I really wanted to disagree for the purpose of this, but it's exactly what you're talking about. This is one of those moments where life hands you lemons, man, make some lemonade. Uh, so from a marketing perspective, I love it. I actually know one other menu item. What's it's that? the impossible whopper. Okay. That's <laughs> so still, still a whopper. It's still, still a whopper. whopper. So, so yeah, I, I, I actually, from a marketing perspective, I thought it was really fun and I, I liked it a lot. So for people who don't think taglines work, right? <laughs> what is the tagline under every McDonald's sign? Billions and billions served. Almost everybody would know that, I would think, because you've seen it a million times, yeah. maybe a billion times. Burger King, home of the whopper. Right. Wendy's, I have no idea what their tagline is. Don't know. I, I don't. Jack of the Box, same thing. Hardee's, yeah. same thing. Yeah. Carl's Jr., whatever. So I think, you know, again, sometimes you become a victim of your own branding success, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, real quick tie into the promo industry. Yeah. How many of you distributors walk into your client's office mm. or have a Zoom call with them and they're drinking out of a mug you didn't sell them with their logo on it? And you challenge them, say, hey, I, I could have done that for you. Where'd you get that? And they say, I thought you just did t-shirts. Or calendars. So, yeah. 100%. Or calendars yeah. or whatever. So this is a great reminder to you, Mr. and Mrs. Distributor, to go ahead and make sure your clients truly understand the depth and breadth of all the products you are able to provide them, which you really want to use a supplier that's going to make your life easy when you're doing that. Yeah. And so as you're talking to your clients, you better keep Evans Manufacturing top of mind because gosh darn it, they make it so freaking easy for you to not only get great quality merchandise, but get it in your clients' hands and it's something that's been kept and remembered and used. They are they, they focused on their entire order process to make sure it's easy to use. What they want to do, their entire goal is to give you your time back. Who else does that? Every other supplier takes time they give you time. So you want to learn more? Of course you do. Head over to evans-mfg.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. I don't think at all. Kirby, enjoyed podcasting with you this morning. Right back at you, buddy. Thanks. Whopper! That's right!